Here in a colony of sea lions, we see a huge bull sea lion seeing off an intruding bull who is attempting to intrude on his harem. This pattern of aggressive behavior is typical of these documentaries. Welcome, cats and kittens, to Geek Salad episode 230, uh, Ken Burns' Geek Salad, <laughs> from the Geek Salad podcast. <laughs> I, I had picked Class Action Pod personally, but, you know, <laughs> I got voted down. Yeah. I'm Andy. <laughs> and I am Mike. And I'm Joe. <laughs> and I'm Catherine. And none of us are fucking Carol Baskin. And welcome. As <laughs> I may be. Oh, you bitch. Oh, that fucking oh, Carol boy. Baskin. Oh, we'll, we'll never we'll never financially recover from this. <laughs> so tonight we are talking all about um, streaming documentaries, streaming docu series that we found on cable and on our favorite. Uh, streaming channels and stuff like that. It's gonna be it's gonna be a great conversation because we're so much for us to talk about. Uh, but so um, oh, so so much. But I do want to get started. We got a lot to talk about, so I do want to get kicked off straight away with our social media feedback and a special shout out to um, the Spectales Pod, which is at Spectales Pod. Um, not so much for any feedback that they gave, but because they, they are sending us some lovely stickers uh, to promote their show. So I wanted to give them a shout out. So, um, uh, quick question. Nice. Yes. Tales, T A L E S or T A I L S? T A L E S. Okay. And they're a weekly comic book podcast that asks collectors and creators, what's your grail tale? So, and that's just weird. You ask for tales, and now they're, they're building the grail tail so yeah they're going to be sending us some nice stickers so thank you guys very much go listen to their show and now on with the countdown um let's go into our twitter we got quite a bit of feedback for this which we are going to as we usually do implement it into our own conversation so if there's something that maybe we had on our list we will talk we will we will um you know pump the brakes and talk about it a little bit. So, and we're going to get started with a friend of the podcast, Kurt Smith at Swayze of Arabia. He uh, starts with Netflix had a couple of great ones uh, with Night Stalker thought for the serial uh, for a serial killer and Jimmy Savile, a British horror story. Now, Joe, you oh, had that one on your list. I, that one is on my list. And that is that. Oh, that is he is. He was a bastard. He was a right bastard. He knew everybody. Well, I thank you for everything you do, for every good cause. How on earth do you raise 10 million pounds in three years? With Jim, you accepted things as normal, but it was abnormal. That is supposed to be me. What did I ever do to you that you would draw that picture of me? 
is very intuitive. You do a terrific job, Jimmy. No, that's all front. That's all lies. <laughs> he was making the screen in front of him. It's like you couldn't see through it. He knew fame and power gave him every door. I am a voluntary helper. Sometimes, when nobody's looking, I help the lasses. It turns out, everywhere he'd been, there'd been abuse. It is... Is it, do you remember? I remember hearing like John Oliver talked about him yes. because John Oliver, grew, you know, grew up in London and it was just like he always wanted to, you know, have like the Jimmy, you know, the Jimmy Savile wish or whatever it was. And then he found out after he died what a monster he was. I guess I guess the best way to kind of think about it is if if you found out that Jerry Lewis was a was a rampant pedophile <laughs> since, you know, since the days of, you know, his Dean Martin movies. Yeah. You know, it's it it, it it rocked British society. I mean, down to its core. Just yeah, because the man he was t- knighted, hmm? the man was knighted by the he queen. He was knighted, yeah. and, and and he was he was very much a part a part of everyday British life for 50, 60 years. And, yeah, he was and, beloved. Oh yeah. And the and the documentary was unsparing. I mean, it was it 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 it, it was it's a, it, I think it was like a three or four episode three episodes uh, docu series, and yep. it is hard watch, just because of the things you learn that he did and how he got and how he got away with it. It's just like it, it's stomach churning. It is, it is, and I've seen a number of. I haven't watched the Savile uh, documentary on Netflix, but I have seen. Um, I've seen like pieces on YouTube where they kind of look back at it and it just pisses me off that John, Johnny Rotten, John Lydon was like, I've been saying this for years and, and everyone tried to bury it. Now I'm right. It's like, great. Don't give this guy any reason to be proud of anything. Oh, no shit. John, the last Jesus. Brexit forever. What is this between you and Morrissey, John? <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God! Seriously, and, but but yeah, like I said, it, it, it was a hard watch because it, oh, it, it's. And, but the thing was, the thing is, it's like one of those things. Like if if you saw the, if you if you saw this guy on the street, he, he immediately gives guy with candy in a white van vibes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like it's like if. Maybe it's me, but if I saw this guy in the street when I was a kid, I'd be like, "Yeah, no, <laughs> you." Yeah. <laughs> well, even like the 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 thumb the thumbnail that they put on Netflix is like, "Ugh." <laughs> and this guy wrote, this guy raised like millions and millions of charities, all while being the most hideous monster possible. Yeah, yeah, hiding in plain well, sight. Yeah. Well, well, his, his his charitable his charitable organizations were a front for him to get access to these you know to these girls that he could abuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know that. I've heard that one before. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. Don't well, he's yeah, he, he's also Catholic too. So that's wait a minute, a white man, a white religious man of prominence, get out of town. That's <laughs> it, right? Wow, that's. Oh man, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I really do need to watch it, but it's like, uh, I, 
I, I allow myself like one like terrifying like how can humans be this awful like once maybe every six months so <laughs> yeah. yeah that's why my, that's why my documentaries are all based around uh movies and movies and fun stuff yeah my, compared compared to my list my, my i was like wow mike's mike's really going light this time oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if you want like if you want to be sad and depressed watch all their documentaries if you want to be happy and light <laughs> watch my documentaries there we go <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to some more Kurt's uh, choices here. We'll, we'll stop again if there's something that was on our lists. So uh, uh, Kurt writes that Hulu has a good one called The Orange Years, the Nickelodeon story about the history of Nickelodeon, which I was not aware of. That'd be a good one. That could be fun. That could be yeah. fun. Um, and well, HBO has – Yep. I'm sorry, I Catherine. Go ahead. I don't remember, like, old Nickelodeon when it was, like – Aimed more at teenagers, and before it switched over to younger children. Oh, yeah. When it was, uh, well, when it was like that tween, you know, with that like stuff, like you can't say that on television, and yeah, yeah. Know. Oh, I love, I love you can't say that on television. And there was like, you know, they they had the Tomorrow People series, yeah. and like there were there were like talk shows aimed at tweens and young teens. Hmm. So yeah, no, I remember that, and there were some some really good stuff there i've seen a few like youtube things on you can't do that on television but they're like 20 minute things they're very insular and i mean you, you can just go down the rabbit hole of the ups and downs and rise and fall and rise again of, of nickelodeon it's oh, yeah. it's, it's pretty crazy yeah that, that one, nickelodeon can have, had had more chances than pretty much anything and they kept pissing them away yeah, well, if yeah, you know, it, 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 a good argument can be made if it wasn't for SpongeBob SquarePants, there'd probably be no Nickelodeon nowadays. Yeah, yeah. All right, what else does Kurt have on here? He's got, um, and HBO has some good ones. He's got the Chernobyl tapes, which I haven't watched. Anyone watch the Chernobyl tapes? No, I haven't yeah, seen I don't know that one. Um, he continues with uh, After Truth, dis- Disinformation and the Cost of Fake News, which is totally oh, up Kurt's boy. alley and something that I might want to watch at some point. That is uh, totally yeah. up Kurt's alley, yeah. 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 The <laughs> Tree of Light. Oh, yeah. He ba- yeah. Based on his Twitter feed, he makes us all look like Alex Jones. So. <laughs> what? Oh, you, you're not, you, yeah, you don't follow Kurt on Twitter. He is... He is incredibly liberal, which is great. I love him, but it's just one of those things that's like, yep, yeah, okay, well, you know, I didn't pull the trigger out of instead. Uh, so, uh, Kurt, also, moving on, Kurt also brings up the Tree of Life, the Pittsburgh synagogue shooting. Mike, he brings up Spielberg, which you put in your honorable mentions. Yes, I uh, I would have put that in my regular um, lineup, but I was going by the uh, impression that we had to deal with stuff that was only on or that originated on streaming and i mm-hmm. think spielberg originated on hbo and then went to streaming and that's i watched it on hbo max so we'll count it we'll count it really really yeah, we get a lot of leeway on this one yeah yeah if, if you want if you want any kind of insight onto how spielberg you know came to be and got it the ideas for his movies that is absolutely the documentary to watch it's just amazing yeah, it's I, 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 I watched it and I really enjoyed it. And it's you can just tell, like, especially his 80s work, his early 80s work that 
that divorce hit him hard. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. God, I, yeah. I, I think no no movie exemplifies that more than um, Close Encounters. Oh yeah, well clo- between Close Encounters and E.T. Yeah, I mean they're both like just hard child of divorce uh, oh, tales, yeah. but yeah, no, I, I I thought it was really good. Um, Who is Sally? <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else you guys want to say about uh, about Spielberg before we move on to the rest of Kurt's stuff here? Because he's got one on my, from my list too. So, no. Nope. All right. So Kurt uh, does mention Agents of Chaos, which is not on my list, but he does mention Woodstock '99, Peace, Love, and Rage from Netflix. Woodstock '99. It was going to be the biggest party on the planet, but that's not what any of us remember it for. hell happened? It really felt like it was flower power and coming together in harmony. I've never seen this many people. It was peace and love and music. That was it. Put your hands up in the air. It felt like a crowd that could turn at any time. It was like this unleashing. All this energy. There was no control. The environment was just very male ego. I started seeing large groups of dudes surrounding women. There was a lack of respect. Given the climate of the guys there, I'm not surprised by it. Hey guys, back, give us some room. You're getting scary here. Uh, I, I just recently watched that too. Oh my God. Oh, it's... what a, that was a shit show and a half. Holy oh God. my God. <laughs> I was watching that. And Autumn had come home from rehearsal, and she's like, what are you watching? I'm like, I'm watching the Woodstock 99 docuseries. She's like, how is it? It's like, I can't believe that nobody had the foresight to understand that idiots were going to show up to this thing. Uh, quick quick question. Yeah. Uh, quick question, Andy. Did he yeah. mention Woodstock 99, Peace, Love, and Rage specifically? Yes. Oh, is that the HBO one? That's the HBO one, yeah. Fuck it. The, All the right. Netflix one is Trainwreck, Woodstock 99. And I know that oh. because I looked up trailers for all of these beforehand. Oh, really? oh okay. <laughs> all right. I saw the one on Netflix. I haven't seen yes, one on- Trainwreck. Okay. And I didn't realize, Mike, honestly, until you brought it up tonight when you were asking me which one I was talking about, I had no idea there was an HBO one. So now i got to go watch that. But while we're on the subject of Trainwreck, uh, the Woodstock 99 story. Oh my God. It's just the, t- it's like you compare it to the 69 Woodstock and it's like, it's a, it's, you know, it's three days of peace, love and, you know, understanding man. And then you bring in corn and limp biscuit and all these other like new metal bands. And the funniest thing is, and Joe, I don't know if you, if you concur with this, Corn was like the best behaved people of the bunch. The, 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 yeah, the band, the one band that you would not expect. Well, I mean, Fred Durst was an asshole to begin. He's always been an asshole, but oh my yeah, I would have figured Corn would have been the 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 problem children. Yeah, well, not even that. The audience was still like in a good mood. Yeah, with with Corn because I mean they were doing their thing and like everyone was really respectful. And then Bush came out. Bush closed. Bush, Bush. and um. And and it was like everyone was respectful and no one either like, you know, tore shit down already because, you know, corn should have closed or whatever. But then the afternoon when Fred Durst shows up looking like a paper boy and uh, 
it's just I mean, oh my god. But I mean, when you look back on it, you think about it. What a shit way! It, it, it's almost like the most appropriate shit way to end the nineties. Yeah, was with literally, literally, literally. You know, you overcharge for water. Uh, they took water away from people so they could charge them for water. Um, the bands just got angrier and angrier and angrier, and just they had no filter, so they were just telling everybody in the audience to burn shit down. And then when they gave the audience the candles on day three. Right. And the can and then the audience was expecting like some big surprise at the end. It was like, no, here are your candles. Okay. Bye. Yep. yep. That never okay. happened. And Oh my God. Oh, there was lots of fire. And it it and was I mean, just the just the piss poor planning of the entire thing. Like like you have like a Saturday night, you have this rager of a concert, and then you're gonna have all these drunk high twenty, you know, mid twenty year olds go to a rave in a hangar. Yeah, at two o'clock yep. in the morning. And now they're like dropping Molly and just, and, and then it, hard to believe that there was going to be assault of both a physical and sexual, oh, sexual sort. Assault. Oh yeah, no. And no, there, no, no. all the lawsuits. Oh my god, it was just like security. Yeah, all the security. I mean, there were kids. There were kids there to meet their their bands. And the thing that they, like they were saying too is, you know, you saw the kids were living in squalor for these three days. Meanwhile, like the the acts are just. Hey, we you know we've got this army base here that they're gonna we're gonna put them up in with like five star accommodations and everything. But oh, uh, by the way, don't drink any of the water. There's shit in it. <laughs> oh my god! Don't take but, a, but you're shower. right. Don't take a shower in the, per- the, in the shit water. Yeah, but you're right. It was a perfect way to encapsulate and close out the '90s. It was just such a fucking way to go out. And you know what the, the sick thing is, though, is that I was in a place in my life where I probably could have gone, and you know, thank God I didn't. But <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, you know what? Because you, you and I were kind of in similar places in our life at that time, and it, it yeah, it would have been like something just to like get away from life. Yes, exactly. I had just gotten out of a relationship, and I was just like, oh boy, I need to. You know, man, what am I going to do? I'll go to Woodstock. I'll get myself a ticket. I'll meet people at Woodstock. I would, I honestly, I would have turned into like the world's biggest asshole conservative after that. Just, <laughs> I would have been, been, been a douche. Oh my God. I would be the worst human being on the face of the planet. All right. So let's move on. We got a few more here. I don't know, Joe. Uh, do you have anything else to say I don't about really want to explore? No, exactly. Oh God! Oh, God no. <laughs> yeah, the, the the alternate universe where Joe and Andy went to Woodstock '99. <laughs> <laughs> man, fucking Kid Rock was fucking awesome, man. I hope he runs for president oh. one day. Yeah. Oh, the man's a this is a poet. He's a poet. Don't forget. Don't forget, guys. This is Kid Rock at the beginning of his career. This was the ba to the ba, the bang to bang, the <laughs> the best thing is they opened the they opened the concert with James Brown, and James Brown refused to go on unless he was paid cash right then and there. 
Cash up front, not, baby. Not a dumb man. Oh my god. <laughs> Can you imagine what would have happened had they not paid him and he refused to go on? Oh it would have been god. over two days too early. <laughs> man, James Brown was supposed to be here. Turn this shit down. <laughs> All right, so let's move on. So we've got uh, comic book counts, uh, couples counseling at CBCC podcast, and they talk about would highly recommend uh, the Invisible Pilot on HBO. I've heard of it, but I'm not familiar with that one. So if you're curious, go check it out on HBO. I and if you're looking at one, Get okay, it, the Invisible Pilot. Haven't seen it. <laughs> I'm gonna have another. Yeah. <laughs> you're not drunk enough yet to enjoy that joke. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> What's going right. on? And if you're looking for a new comic book doc, check out Love and Rockets uh, from KCET TV. It's currently streaming on YouTube. I've never lo- read Love and Rockets, but I understand that for independent comic books, it's like the high watermark of independent comic books. Hmm. I haven't heard of that one. Uh, so now we've got uh, Middle Core Nerds at Middle Core Nerds who brings up Wrexham, uh, which is on FX. That was a pretty great time. Uh, Geek Freaks at uh, Greek, Geek Freak Pod. I uh, loved it. Um, so Wrexham is on FX, and essentially it's Ryan Reynolds and um, Doug, is it Doug McCallahan? Yes. Um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Rob, Rob, Rob McCallahan. McCallahan, thank you. Yeah. They bought the Wrexham um, football club in England, and they brought cameras with them. Oh, okay. I haven't seen it, but now I'm cur- I'm very curious because I'm very curious I guess Wrexham is a nightmare club. You're right. They're so, they're they're like a they're like a. Uh, division three, you know, like the third third division football club, you know, or soccer or a soccer team, yeah. and they're trying to get it get them up to the Premier League, you know. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see wow. how it goes. Uh, yeah, but now it, I want to see it. But it, but it, it's it, it's from what I've seen, it looks interesting because I, I've seen sort of like the synopsis about basically is like okay, you've got this basically working class soccer club now you got these two rich people coming in buying the club and bringing all this money into it well is it the working class soccer club you know is it the club that you you fell in love with kind of thing you know yeah hmm. yeah it's it's just it's interesting too because you got two american actors who bought the club technically right. ryan Reynolds is canadian come on oh that's true sorry but they're you know Again, well, he's, how American much, by he's American. He's American by uh, by by marriage. How yeah. many? How many? How many Canadian football teams can you clubs can you name though? That's like saying how many American football clubs can I speak? Can I, can oh, that's true. Point taken. <laughs> Point and uh, match. All uh, right. No, I only know the Revolution. British. Football. <laughs> I only know football British football clubs because they've mentioned them in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Right. Right. And I know you don't watch Ted Lasso, but that's like now because I watch Ted Lasso, I really want to watch Wrexham now. So I'll have to check that out at some point. All right. 
And we've got uh, Geek Peak at Geek Peak Pod, which says my favorite documentary I've seen in ages was The Jinx, The Life and Deaths of Robert Durst. Uh, I've also heard my Optimus teacher is top tier. Now, I didn't watch The Jinx. So I'm not I, – I know who Robert Durst is, and I know how awful he is. I also know that Judge Jeanine Pirro was the one who let him off. No way. So, yeah, her honorable box of wine let him off. So – Jesus. <laughs> But I've heard it. I've heard it's good, but it's like one of those things where the big you're leading up to the gotcha moment when I guess he admitted to the murders and didn't realize that he had his his body mic still on to the documentary. Well, a, yeah, well, he was taking a piss. Yeah. You guys are listing a whole bunch of names that I have no idea who they are. Okay. Well, Robert Durst. What was Robert Durst anyway? Was he just like some weird rich dude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you yeah. Okay. He's a, a weird, eccentric, right. rich dude. It's, you know, sort of like the one of the Dupons. Okay. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, he literally thought he could get away with murder because he was rich. Yeah, and his Wikipedia entry right. says, you know, Robert Allen Durst was an American real estate heir and a suspected serial killer. Yeah. Oh. And the thing is... They had enough to arrest him. They took him to trial, and the judge didn't feel like there was enough evidence and let him off. And then he went to go kill again. Oh, charming. That's never yes. happened. Yeah, exactly. Now she's a paid pundit <laughs> who just does nothing but scream, probably while inebriated. I'm willing to put money on that. She is. But. Oh, yeah. Anyway, all right, so now we've got well, – that's it for the Twitter feed, so feedback, so thank you very much. We actually have something from Chris from Chris's Cultural Corner. KKK, that's not good. Chris! For the first time in forever. So Chris writes, hey, Andy, I want to put in my favorite docu-series uh, for the next Geek Salad. The ones I like were the Made Us series on Netflix, both the toys that made us – and the movies that made us. Also, Making a Murderer, which is not part of the Made Us series, uh, was great. <laughs> and that was from Chris. The murderers any, that made us. The, the murderers that made us. Murderers that made us. Um, <laughs> you know, that's not. Let me tell you a little story about John Wayne Gacy. Oh, God. I have watched, around Halloween, I watched so many things on YouTube. It's like, listen. If I see anybody dresses Jeffrey Dahmer for Halloween, you are getting a punch directly to your balls. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Um, but getting back to, to Chris's picks here, uh, the Meta series, both toys and movies. Has anybody watched any of those? I've watched the toys one, which was wicked. Actually, I, I've watched both. I've okay, watched both toys, toys one was great because I loved seeing the the behind the scenes of how basically George Lucas screwed Fox out of the, the all the toy money yeah. <laughs> for Star Wars. Yep. All the licensing and franchise money for Star Wars. Well, to be uh, fair, uh, he didn't screw them out of them. They screwed it out of themselves. Yeah. Oh, no, they were he, like, no, yeah, no, sure, no, whatever. What kind of money is that going to make? They had no foresight. That was the thing. They had zero foresight. Um, 
I I like the toys ones. I felt like the first season was perfect. Yes. The second season fell off something fierce. Because it's almost like they were scrambling to figure out what they were going to do next. And it's like... Uh, but the movie... I, I haven't watched the movie one. And maybe it's it, it's most likely me. Feel free to agree and just say, Andy, it's you. The movies that made us are just they don't I don't feel like they go deep enough. It's like, okay, let's let's talk about trivia that you probably already know about all the movies. Right. We're well, only doing we're only doing blockbusters here. So Well, especially <laughs> when they when they got it to the um uh, like uh Home Alone and um, the John Hughes movies and stuff like that. You're like, yeah, yeah, we already know all this. It's like a lot of this is like the you know for our generation, basically defined our generation. So we're like, yeah, we know everything about these movies. So it's like, okay, you're not, we're not really breaking new ground here for us. Yeah, right. In that case, we're probably not the uh, the uh, target audience, but we're the only audience that would really watch those things. Exactly. <laughs> We're all movie nerds, but the problem is because they don't go deep enough. And I actually saw this with the CNN. Like CNN did a like a five part movie docu series where they were doing it by decade, and it was just like, eh, it's it doesn't it didn't delve deep enough for me to actually feel like I would learn anything. And, and, and again, I have studied film. I have right. been a movie fan since Star Wars in 1977. There isn't a whole lot you can teach me, but please teach me something new. Right, and to a certain to a certain extent, uh, especially the the movies that made us, it, it's it tended to be overly reverent. Yeah, and that's the other that's the other issue I have too is when it's like everything is a flawless masterpiece. Right, which which to, which in, in all fairness, the the toys that made us wasn't. Yeah, because you saw the fail, some of the failures that some of these toys, you know, like trying to get some of these toys off the ground. You know, He Man, just oh, the, the fact that He Man went like two series too long. I think G. I they do one on GI Joe. I don't remember if they did or not. Um, yes, they did. Okay, they did because I know they did one on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and they did the same thing. It was just like this just went on. Yeah, Actually, but, that's that's one of the issues I have with something on one of the picks on my list. But we'll get to that. Okay. Well, well, that was it for social media, Chris. Thank you so much for contributing. Good to Yay! have you back. So, Mike, hmm. now that you bring it up, do tell. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, the the show this docuseries that i do enjoy it but i really don't feel like it goes deep enough and it really kind of glosses over a lot of things is the docuseries on disney plus um behind the attraction get ready for the ride of a lifetime yes 360 immersion. Not technically, but that's the spirit. Discover the true stories behind Disney's most iconic and beloved attractions across the globe. That could be interesting. Well, we could do better than interesting. I was in awe. I was amazed. There we go. Exactly what we'd expect from executive producers Dwayne Johnson, Danny Garcia, and Brian Vogue-Weiss, right? Yes. It, it, it's it's it gives a lot of good information, but it's 
it, it's a little bit too clean, a little bit too produced, and like they they gloss over a lot of more darker elements. Like um, like for me, <laughs> that the episode that really kind of kicked it, it was uh the episode about the Disneyland Hotel. And you know they make it. Oh, don't worry. The uh, the the you know, the guy who made it. Um, I can't. I off the top of my head, I can't remember his name. But he's like he he willed it to the Disney Corporation. Like, no, Michael Eisner screwed him out of that big time. Yeah. <laughs> but they don't. They decide not to put that on. Put that in there. Did they also mention? I don't. I can't, I watched it, but I don't remember. Did they? They bring up the whole thing about the helicopter crash. I don't recall. There was, there was like, there was a group of like rich, uh, I'm just going to say Slavic folk that were taking a helicopter to the Disney hotel and on, and en route, they crashed and they all died. Oh, and there was actually a second crash not too long after that going away from the Disney hotel. (laughs) But yeah, so it's, they, it, it gives some good information about a lot of the rides, but it really, it. Like you can find more in-depth inf- uh, information on like yeah. a bunch of YouTube, like YouTube series, like uh, Tomorrow World, uh, yeah, Tomorrowland, uh, yeah, Tomorrowland and D- Defunct Land. Um, yeah, you can find a lot better documentaries on those channels that cover all of that stuff and a lot more. I, I agree with you, Mike. Now, the other thing, too, and I'm sorry because I'm kind of like oh, throwing another – I'm, I'm throwing it another yeah, – okay, that's right. I'm throwing another one at Mike here. Um, but I feel like the Imagineering story covered a lot of the ground that Behind the Attraction covered. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that one is – I believe it's on – it is on my list, but I know you would bring it up as well because yeah, well, yeah, it's amazing. These projects, these places, these attractions, often how it's being made is extremely interesting and might increase the level of appreciation. But what we want people to appreciate is the perfection of it all. But creating happiness is hard work. Only a unique army of people are equipped to undertake such an enterprise. Since its inception, this merry band of misfits has defied the odds. Under pressure from budgets and schedules, to the laws of physics and the blank page, they have survived. Walt set a standard early on with the Imagineers. There was a standard that surprised people, a standard that enabled people to come in expecting something and then giving them something even beyond that, beyond really their own imagination. Well, let me ask Catherine and Joe, have either of you watched the Imagineering uh, story yet? No, not yet. Oh my God! It it was it was um, a day one launch title for uh, Disney Plus, and it's it is a fantastic documentary. Yeah, it goes. It just it. I think it delves better into the history of um, the the parks and the rides, but it also it does give a lot more of the um, warts and all approach that they had to take and the compromises that they had to take, unlike behind the attraction, which is really a cleaner, more sanitized version. They, they, they talk about the obstacles that they face, the financial obstacles, the, just the logistics. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, like in the second episode after Walt dies, they talk about like how they were just struggling to find a direction. And then 
um, like the four, I think the fourth episode, uh, they talk about after Frank Wells died, Michael Eisner just started cutting costs like crazy and nobody knew what to do. Yeah. And that's yeah. stuff that behind the attraction decided to, no, nah, no, nah, we don't need to put those in there. Yeah. I, 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 that's, it's, it is a, it is a far better documentary. It's what is it? Five or six, six episodes. Six episodes. I would recommend this one over yeah. behind the attraction for the both of you. I think that if, especially for any anybody who has any love of the parks, it is. It's. It really is. It's nostalgic, but not in a um, subservient way of being yeah. nostalgic. And it is that really makes- inform. It's informative, but it also has human moments, like um, like Bob Gurr, his first um, trip to inside the Matterhorn for probably like 50 years. Yeah. I, I got a little choked up because like, it's just seeing his remembrance is flooding back. It's amazing. Yeah. And also the whole thing with, uh, was, it, uh, was it Dorothy Davis? Uh, Alice Davis. I think. Alice Davis, who just recently, who died like last week. Yeah. And that she did like all the handmade dresses for all the, um, or the outfits rather. For all of the animatronic characters in its small world, yeah, it's, it's a small world. Pirates of the Caribbean, yeah. Um, it, it, it's just the amount of just uh, imagining that she had to do just with the costuming was amazing. Yeah. So yeah, I would definitely recommend it to both you guys. I know uh, it's been a while for either of you since you've been to a park, but definitely, definitely worth your time. Yeah. Um, Catherine, what do you got for us? What do you got for us? Not much. I haven't been watching docuseries lately, but one of the things that I did get intrigued by and I started, but the, uh, the rest of it was behind a paywall was Epstein's shadow, uh, about Ghislaine Maxwell. Jeffrey Epstein had an international sex trafficking scheme. Ghislaine Maxwell, this moneyed social girl. She was the one who would satisfy his every whim. Ghislaine Maxwell's charged with enticement of minors, sex trafficking of children, and perjury. Epstein's girlfriend, Ghislaine Maxwell, helped connect him to the wealthy and famous. She gave him a veneer of respectability. She always struck me as very confident, full of life. Have you got but she's obviously a good actress because there was this whole other world going on. Oh boy! Oh, um, Elon Musk's best friend. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> Just so you're aware that there are pictures of him and Ghislaine Maxwell, and we are at Geek Salad Radio on Twitter. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, that that one's on block. Yeah, that's why it's behind a paywall. Then you get one. You get one. It's like a drug dealer. Their first hit is free. Yeah, I can't even remember which which uh, service that was on, but it was it was interesting, and that's how I know how know how to pl- pronounce Ghislaine. Oh yeah, it's not Ghislaine. It's not Ghislaine. <laughs> well, no. I've been pronouncing it Ghislaine like an idiot. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay, so you you've been pronouncing all the letters in it like you're you know. Reading yeah. a language that's not English. <laughs> so, so tell us a little bit about uh, the Ghislaine Maxwell uh, story. Yeah, so it was it was the uh, 
you know, starting with the early years and her getting roped in. And it was just clear that she had like the worst daddy issues. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. So, like, you know, she was just like and and she worked it. So she was like, OK, OK, this is what I do is I like get along with daddy and guys that remind me of daddy. And I will just use this to get places. Oh, God. Yeah. I, th- I think she should could be called a Gisling. <laughs> <laughs> I think she it's, should be called incarcerated for life. Uh, yeah, well, she, well, she is. Well, do, do, do you know what her sentence actually ended up being? And why no one else has gone to jail yet? <laughs> no. Yeah, okay. No, I didn't I didn't realize she was doing any kind of serious time. I think she yeah, she's essentially taking the rap uh, for Epstein. Uh is he can't real well, quick here? Yeah. Yeah. She was sentenced in New York court to twenty years. It, it, considering what she had done and what she was a part of, that's nothing. That's a slap no, on the wrist. That's, yeah. yeah, that's nothing. And it's not remotely enough. You you would think that uh, like a twenty year sentence, she named names. But oh, she's she's um, who knows. She faces a second criminal trial for two charges of lying under oath. Oh, okay. So she she could be getting more. Okay, great. And maybe then she'll name names. Yeah, I'll be happy with twenty years if anybody else goes down for this. But but Yeah. yeah, that that sounds interesting. And I mean, I've just kind of like, I mean, the whole Epstein thing, like I. I remember like listening to the behind the bastards about Jeffrey Epstein before before he went to prison and before he killed himself. And yeah, before um, she got caught. Before she got caught. She yeah. A, I, there was a behind the bastards on the- episode on that. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, go ahead, Catherine. Well just yeah, she was on the run for a while before she got caught. Yeah. But that's yeah, it's if it's on Peacock, I can watch the first part. I don't know how second I'll be after that, but. <laughs> well, that's when you go back to my list. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Mike's shiny, happy movie list of all these amazing, uh, you know, movie uh, movie docs. Oh, yeah. Yep. All right. Joe, what, what do you got for us? All right. My first one is. Again, again, if you look at my list, it's it's it is a a list of depravity. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and the lowest depth of hu- of human, you know, how low can humans go? Trust me, trust me I had and to it, watch the trailers for all of them. And, and the first step, and and and, and the first step into the stairway into hell, is uh is a is a documentary called The Girl in the Picture. In two thousand and two, a friend sent me a photograph. It was a picture of a little girl, her father. The more you looked at the picture, and the more you looked at her, you could see something was terribly wrong. The only person that knew her real identity was her father. Franklin Floyd had been a fugitive for almost two decades. He robbed a bank. He had a history of violence. He was an expert and concealed his identity. He had a daughter, Sharon Marshall. She wanted to go to Georgia Tech, be an aerospace engineer. I remember the phone call, and she said she was pregnant, but Daddy won't let me go to college now. Oh, 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 this was disturbing. 
This is so disturbing. So the I'm not familiar with this one. So basically what it is, is you had this man, okay, who kidnapped his first wife's daughter, okay, along with their son and her sisters, okay, mm-hmm. kidnaps her, sexually abuses her, but raises, raises her as her own. As his own uh, for o- almost twenty years, you know, abuses her the entire time. Later, marries her. God, makes her work as a stripper and a sex worker, and then kills her. Yeah. Oh, and then <coughs> he kidnaps. So while he's with this with this with this woman. Um, Shannon, her name is Sharon, I believe Sharon. They have a, a son, a son, another, you know, he has another son. He has a son with the, with this uh, girl that he abducted uh, while she was still in high school. She gives birth while she was still in high school. They gave him up to for adoption. He goes to jail for a separate murder. When he gets out, he tries to regain custody of his son. He gets denied, so he kidnaps his son. Oh, God. From the foster parents. Yeah. And later wow. they find out this. They later he find out that he killed his son and buried him out in the desert. Oh Jesus. Oh God, it it it, it was awful. I mean, I I I had to drink myself to sleep after watching that. Well, oh, if, if, if you want, if you want, if you want to have any hope of ray of sunshine in this one. He's currently sitting on sitting on death row. Oh yeah, he's yeah, well, he's gonna fry. He's, he's yeah, he's he's certainly gonna well, fry. What state's he in? <laughs> oh, was uh, it it's out Nevada out, uh, or something. Da, 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 Oklahoma. Okay. Because that's where all the mur- yeah, that's where all the murders happened was Oklahoma. Okay, seems <laughs> that way. Wow. Well, at least oh, he's in oh, a, at oh, least oh. he's in a state that's hot to trot when it comes to killing prisoners. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm generally against capital punishment, but yeah. I'm not shed a tear. This is this guy is something special. Oh, oh, he, oh yeah. Oh. No, this this is we would categorize this as righteous justice. And again, it's one of those things. There's a, <laughs> one thing that I pick up from watching these documentaries is there are certain people that have certain looks. And certain sociopaths and psychopaths have certain looks, and this guy is one of those. Oh God! <laughs> well, th- this guy, he, um, his defense uh, attorneys wanted to put him, uh, uh, get him off on like uh, he, that he was incompetent, and he fought yeah. against that, and the judge agreed with him. So and so, so the judge sentenced him to death instead. <laughs> Oof! God. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. There, there, are not, there are not enough CBD gummies to bring you to calm you down after watching this. Yeah. Oh man. Wow. All right. Well, I'll, I'll I'll lighten the mood a little bit because for the most part, most of my stuff are scams. They're just like <laughs> high level scams that only scam the worst of people. And uh, the, you, know what, you know what? They're the kind of scams that you're glad. That the people who fell for him fell for him. 
Because <laughs> they're like the worst of oh. the. They're like the worst human. They're NFT bros, is what it, basically what it is. And oh, you always and that brings me to my. Yeah. You always want to see ahead. an NFT or a crypto bro go down in flames. That brings me to my first pick, and that's Fire Festival on Netflix. All these models, like in the Bahamas. The most insane festival the world has ever seen. Island getaway turned disaster. It became very barbaric. Right now, you're on the fucking laughing stock of everything. Just wait until you see what you're getting yourselves into. American rapper Ja Rule is in the Bahamas with his business partner. Billy McFarlane is an amazing entrepreneur. He can convince anyone of pretty much anything. They just bought an island. Pablo Escobar's island. Oh my gosh. We're going to throw a festival, yeah. Within 48 hours, they sold out. These guys are either completely full of shit or they're the smartest guys in the room. Oh, my God. Between the people involved in the scam and the people who are victim to the scam, I felt bad for almost nobody. Yeah. Um, I know. I mean, well, I mean, it's just one of those things where, you know, I'm sure we're all familiar with Fire Festival and that it was supposed to be like this amazing three day, like weekend extravaganza that Ja Rule was putting on to uh, promote the Fire app, which was this app, which was a high level booking app that you could book high level talent for your organization. And they were going to promote it with this huge concert. Um, like kind of like you know their own little festival in secluded um, Bahamian Island somewhere. I think the, what who what drug lord owned the island? I think oh, it was like Pablo Escobar's uh, island. Yes, yes, it was, it was Pablo Escobar's island, and Pablo Escobar's lawyers are like, "You don't say a fucking word, or we will sue you." Us, the lawyers of the drug lord have the high ground here um <laughs> oh my god but the, the the guy in charge the guy who actually came up with this, like ja rule is his own separate piece of garbage but the guy who set this whole thing up was you know he was just a little too early for crypto because like his big thing was it was this credit card that he put out that were exclusively for privileged rich kids Right. And influencers. Yeah. Right. And influencers. It was a, a card where they could, you know, they could, you know, they could earn points for spending and get like exclusive deals on co concert tickets and all this stuff. And none of it ever came to fruition. The guy was already scamming people on this. And then just coming up with this, this festival that they couldn't have, they couldn't hold the 3000 plus people that they wanted on Pablo Escobar's island. So they had to move it to like this island in the Bahamas, like this, this beach on the Bahamas where the only place they had to put them were in like these, um, like these hurricane rescue tents that were still being booked and charged as being um, like, you know, exclusive villas. They were yeah. literally FEMA tents. Um, well, they, were, they, they were expecting a whole kind of glamping experience. And oh Yeah. And gourmet, gourmet yeah. food, and basically, you know, you know, pretentious, pretentious Instagram yep. influencer bullshit. Yep, exactly. Every person who is on their way to this thing is literally on selfie mode. 
on their phone, like streaming it to all of their followers. And it's just like, there's only so many duck faces. Yeah, exactly. They exist in a constant state of duck face. And (laughs) it's, but the funny thing is too, is that like, you know, Joe, you're talking about the food. They, they, they fired the, the caterer like a week beforehand and they couldn't no, find no, anybody. No, 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 is they didn't pay the caterer. Oh, that's right. That's right. So the caterer wasn't there to provide food for them. They had no time to get another caterer because they were already super over budget for this thing. So everybody ended up with like um, bologna on bread as like the one meal. In this thirty-six hour, this thirty-six hour experience before they finally had to pull stakes and cancel, um, it was crazy, and it was almost like I felt almost bad to see these people cry, almost, almost. Um, but the one thing that was crazy about it too, and this is where I kind of felt like bad for some people. Some people were like, you know, this is like. You know, I'm going away. This is my birthday present to myself, and I'm really looking forward to it. And I keep getting these phone calls from Fire Festival telling me I need to put more money on my exclusive RF Fire Festival band. So, Mike, you're you know you know how the the whole um, Fast Pass works, like the yeah. yeah. So you get your Magic Band at Disney, and you tie it to a credit card. Whatever your purchases are, they just come off the credit card. With this one, you had to preload. So they were counting on people to put more than the money that they would need and essentially have to spend it all there because it was already on the card. They would already been charged for it even though they got nothing out of it and the lawsuits that came after this. And this guy's doing like two years in jail for it, and it's still like – it doesn't feel like it's enough. And all I can think of is every time I think about this guy, I just look at him like smoking those enormous like phallic cigars that most crypto bros now smoke when they just feel like you know they get to celebrate. And God, it was not a good scene. Yeah. Yeah, but the people that got scammed, I kind of like you know one of our favorites. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Right, it's like, these are people like, that needed a slap of reality up the face. Right, you, it's, oh, it's like yeah, it's like you you know this guy's a bad guy, but the people he's scamming are just as bad, if not worse. You're like, yeah, it's they, a balance. They're, they're partly yeah, mad so they didn't come balance. up with it. it it's balance yeah. as things should be. It, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Thanos. It's just it, it's one of those things that they should have they should have known better. They really should have known better. Anybody with a brain would have known better. But you were there for clout. You were there for clout. Right. Well, the thing is, a lot of these, yeah. like you said, they're you know they're not, not, they're just not just influencers too. They're they're privileged, rich white kids who probably never had to work a day in their life. Yeah. And, and just expect that everything's going to be handed to them. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're they're yeah. Like it couldn't have happened to a nicer bunch of people. Yeah. <laughs> and I love to the bands. Yeah, nicer, nicer bunch yeah. of assholes. Come on. Yeah. yeah I, I, I love to the I love, bands I love the scene of you know the the eighteen you know the 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 trailer of an eighteen wheeler pulling up and the, then throwing the bags out the bag. <laughs> <laughs> the middle of the night. <laughs> like oh, all the business. 
Like there's five thousand dollar Gucci, you know, <laughs> uh, luggage sets being thrown out the back of an eighteen wheeler. I'm like, yes, god damn it! And not only that, they got looted. Oh god, yeah. Like, other people in that group. <laughs> it turned into. Oh my it god! Turned into. It turned into a rich white person's version of Lord of the Flies. <laughs> oh, it was hilarious. It really, yeah, that's the best way to put it. It really was. I love the fact, too, that yeah. all the bands canceled, and they're all like, don't you dare say we're showing up to this thing. Yeah, and it's, it's uh, why, like, the rich white, pe- rich white people think that this is how everybody would go if things went bad, because this is how they would go, is that they would, like, go and prey on each other, whereas statistically and, and in experience, it shows that the average human being is like helpful. Very cooperative. Yeah. They tend to help each other yep. out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They, 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 they completely turn it on its head. People, you know, people are like, oh, this is how it's going to go. It's like, no, no. no, no, no Normal no. people just want to help each other when things go to shit. Yep. No. You, you, you gotta love it. If you want to see a documentary about how, how white privilege works out, there you go. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> hey everyone, Editor Mike here. Well, turns out we went long with this episode, but I suspected we might go long before we started this episode, so we did a lot of pre-production beforehand, and that's going to save me some time, so instead of waiting for a full week for the second episode, we're only going to have to wait a couple days. So, come back in a couple days, and you hear the rest of our conversation. Until next time... Go forth and be nerfful. See you later. Thank you.